We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. This is a great day. Uh, I actually have something to talk about. Yeah, well, I guess because it's been a minute, but yeah, things have been happening. Uh, Some good things, some bad things. We're going to talk about all the things. Uh, But, you know, the wife and kid are out of the house for quite a while. It's a sunny day. It stopped being rainy and awful. I think that's we're done with. We're hopefully done with the cold. It's a brand new day. And uh, today's musical guest is Duffy and her first album. And I I think she's got a new album out now, but uh, it's called Rock Fairy. I love this album so much. Uh, Duffy is one of those artists that got eclipsed by, I think, Amy Winehouse. I think Amy Winehouse's album, Back in Black, Black is Good, I I don't know, whatever it's. And and this album came out at the same time. And so everybody was blown away by, you know, the Dap Kings backing up Amy Winehouse and, and, and this album, which is a great album, just it's, it seems like everybody, people didn't have capacity in their brains for two great albums at that time. But this one is uh, tremendous. And uh, sadly, Amy Winehouse is no longer with us, but Duffy still is. And I hear she's uh, on the comeback on the mend and uh, will have another album out or has an album out. But uh, this, I, this is always uh, be one of my favorites. Let's talk about uh, what's been going on. I've organized my thoughts. We're going to get the bummers out of the way first, and then we'll do happier stuff. So I have this job, Uh, and my job is I work with the finance department to generate invoices for our customers. And I know that doesn't sound... Well, it doesn't sound very exciting because you, it is not. It is it is not fun. Um, but it's also tedious and um, high pressure, right? Because you know we're we're dealing with millions of dollars here that we are trying to collect from our customers, and um, it's you know all on us to make sure those customers get billed correctly and and we get our money and all of that so the way we do that is we use the software if you want to call it that the software as a service basically the website of the company that i worked for previous to this job right and there's not a i mean it's for people who have subscriptions and who needs complex subscription billing software, this is kind of the only option to have, is this company I used to work for. Except for the fact that um, 
you know, if I ever did want to leave this job and, and go do something else, these skills are not transferable, right? Like, I can't, you know, I am, I am sort of pseudo-programming this whole rigmarole, and it's in, unless I want to do that in this specific software somewhere else for some other company in some other finance department, there's really not much I can say to be like, yeah, sure, that thing that you do is like this, because it is not. No, sir. So... It's a little, it's a little weird what what we're up to. Um, so that and the fact that it is very stressful and they expect you to output at a certain pace, and it turns out that pace is not what I'm doing. No, no, apparently I'm significantly slower than what they were hoping for, and. Um, if, if they fired me, it would not be a surprise. Oh no, uh, we've had conversations that seem like it's going that way. Now, it's, it's strange. Um, in, in the past, I have had other jobs where I have been very concerned about getting fired. Uh, you know, health insurance is expensive and seeing that you know i am the only one with a traditional 40 hour week job i'm the only one providing the health insurance and so um you know all of this kind of does weigh on me a bit uh literally well literally yeah sure why not literally yes that the paperwork for the health insurance i just stack it on me and i just rub it all over and it weighs oh it's so heavy oh so many so many terms and conditions oh it's so heavy yes literally it's weighing on me but for some reason i'm less stressed out about this than i usually am i'm more just sort of sad that I suck at this job because I, I don't want to suck at the job. I want to be good, but uh, I am not. And if they fired me, I, I, I do actually have a backup plan, which is kind of another nice thing about all of this. Now, they, <laughs> the, uh, we, I have met with a person who got laid off, I don't know, five years ago, and she was doing exactly the same kind of work, not not exactly, but doing tech support stuff, and she uh, just left it all behind and became a financial advisor. And oddly enough, believe it or not, it's not that hard to get certified to be a financial advisor. It took her, I think she said, eight weeks to get through all the trainings and everything and pass all the tests and do all the things that she needed to do to become this um but uh it's possible right and she you know she described to me what the job is and it all seems like something that i wouldn't mind doing think you're loving but you don't love me i want so the good news is there are options right this is not my only <laughs> this is not my only option. Um, so if they do fire me, okay. Uh, changing tones now, uh, let's talk about the fact that we recently went on a vacation. That's right. We went on a vacation to Paris, wait for it, France. That's right. The popular Paris. Um, it was a lovely trip. Um, I tell you, 
We saw the Eiffel Tower many, many times because of the sort of things we were doing, the things we were up to were constantly taking us near it. So we saw it a lot. And I tell you, I never get tired of it. I never get tired of looking at the Eiffel Tower. It's amazing every single time. Um, the best part, though, for me was the, um, the, the living as a Parisian, right? So, I, you know, we would get up whenever we got up. I'd make coffee. Um, I, you know, there was a grocery store across the street and we would get eggs and there was a bakery two blocks away and we'd, you know, just saunter over there and, and, uh, you know, get some very bad for you pastries and then take them home and then have breakfast. And it felt, it felt all very European and all very lovely. Uh, in the reality, though, I don't know if I could live in Paris. Um, Paris is a lot of city. It's kind of all city all the time. And you can find little pockets of green, but it has even considerably less green than even, say, New York City, where, you know, New York City, they were like, hey, why don't we put this giant park in the middle of Manhattan, and then anybody who wants to escape the giant skyscrapers, they'll just go to the center of the city and here it is. And wouldn't you know, they call it Central Park because it's central. Apparently, I managed to screw up my back on the last day of our Paris trip. And it's been a little bit of a problem ever since when it's been this will have been the second week anniversary of this back problem. Now, in the past, when I have had back problems, it's always been because of anxiety, right? You store a lot of stress in your back. You're, 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 you know, it's like the idea of squeezing a fist all day. And you're like, you know, you don't really even notice that your fist hurts until you stop making the fist. And then you're like, God damn, that really hurts. Why did I do that? That sucks. I shouldn't have that, man, boo. So you're saying to yourself, hey, you were in Paris. You were on vacation. Why were you so stressed out? What could you possibly have been stressed about? Well, <laughs> uh, the, um, apparently, um, uh, Paris has a really bad uh, pickpocketing problem on the subway. And we know this because we experienced it firsthand. And what's really crazy is when I say pickpocket to you, you probably are envisioning, you know, the old school, um, you know, French criminal with the bandit mask and the uh, Hamburglar shirt. Haha, the joke's on you. All Parisians wear the Hamburglar shirt. Oh no, how can you tell them apart? Right? And you would expect it to be kind of a shady dude and, you know, all of the tropes. Nope. This was a band of teenage girls and they knew what they were doing. And I saw one of them do something weird and I didn't think I just thought, you know, I saw her kind of hang back behind everybody that was waiting on the platform. And they, she, 
as soon as the doors opened, she cut in front of everybody, and I just thought she was being a dick. I'm like, oh, that's a real dick move to, you know, hang out in the back and then all of a sudden just race on to the subway, you know, and cutting in line in front of everybody else. I mean, that's a dick move to do. And then what they do is they, they other girls push from behind, and I guess they push the passengers into the, the, the girl who is on first, and then the girl who's on first does the business. And it's interesting because uh, it, it was four of us. Four of us, you say? Who's the fourth? Dun, dun, dun. It was me, Miriam, the girl, and Miriam's Aunt Bunny. Now, Miriam's Aunt Bunny, in hindsight, is who they got, right? That's who they targeted. That's who they pickpocketed. And it, she is the perfect mark, right? Not that she's, you know, dim-witted or anything or, or you know, taping money to her body and being like, what? This is how I carry it. <laughs> who needs pockets? I got tape. Uh, no, but she is the profile of someone you would want to rob, right? She's older, uh, maybe a little, maybe she doesn't move so fast. Uh, she dresses like she has money. Um, she's an American. She's probably not going to fight you if she figures it out. Uh, if she loses the money, she's not going to go chasing after you. Like all of those things. Like I look like a homeless person. I look like a guy who could just, you know, spit on you for no good reason, right? That's my aesthetic. That's my look. Uh, and honestly, I don't know. I think it serves me well, at least on the subway. So, uh, yeah. And, and they got her purse open. They pulled out her bright pink, which is probably another reason they were able to do this because it's just like once they got the bag open and they see this bright pink uh, wallet, they were just like, boom, there it is. Unzipped it. So they got through two zippers, pulled out the money, threw the bright pink whatever on the ground in about 30 seconds. Maybe less, probably less. And then as soon as we realized what was going on, the doors of the subway hadn't even closed yet and they were gone. So I would say definitely less than 30 seconds. And the other thing is the subways in Paris appear to be driverless, which is insane. Like, I don't know. I mean, Paris is a very socialist uh, or, or France is a very socialist country and they it's really hard to fire people. And so most of the time they understaff everything. Right. So it makes sense that they understaff the subway because if they have to fire somebody, it's really a pain in the ass. So they just make a system where no, there is no staff, there's nobody. And so these types of shenanigans go on. Nobody's there to complain to. There's nobody there you can talk to. There's no, there's no conductor who's looking, you know, there's no, there's no fucking conductor. This is the part that's really insane. There's no conductor who is looking to make sure that you got on the train completely before the doors close. 
we had a guy on our train who had he was running on which this is so insane because the trains in the in the metro in Paris run so often they run every 5 minutes there's zero reason to ever run for any any metro right if you miss it who cares but this guy he jumped onto the train onto the metro right as the doors were closing and he you know 79% of his body got on the train but i would say his arm from mid uh what is that mid lower arm uh uh, uh and down to his hand was still out the out the door and he couldn't get it back in and you know we were just going one stop but you know the thing took off and he had a bag in his hand that was now outside the door and um we get into the next subway stop and i don't know what kind of little baffles are are you know jutting out from the wall as we're getting close to this stop but whatever he had in his hand starts hitting these things and it's just going and it's just like comically like we just look at that thing in the bag and it's just getting beat to shit and we're just like wow i hope there was nothing i mean it sounded like a book hopefully it was a book um but yeah it was it it was uh it was crazy because like i mean it there is no mechanism to prevent this from happening because there are no conductors and because there are no conductors, there's nobody really watching what's going on. And the and the voiceover from the train is like, "Beware of pickpockets." And it's just like, "Okay, but then what?" Right? I get pickpocketed. What's my recourse? Nothing. There's nobody around. The girls are gone in a flash. There's there's nothing to do. Okay, happier things. So I'm at Costco. Wait a minute, I thought you said happier things. Costco's not that happy. Costco's a drag. Yes, true, but. So I'm in Costco and, you know, I, I, I like to do all my grocery shopping early because, you know, I'm still kind of afraid of COVID, but hey, you know, you, you get in there, you there, you know, get in there early, there's fewer people, less chance of getting COVID, I still wear a mask. Okay, fine, let's do it. So I get in there and I'm like, you know what? The lines, I'm looking at the, the register checkout, the lines are real short, I'm gonna buy booze because they've now instituted a self-checkout at Costco, but you cannot use the self-checkout if you are buying booze. So I'm like, okay, well now's the day I don't need to use the self-checkout, so I'm gonna load up on alcohol. And I get up to the front and now the lines are long again. And I'm just like, oh man, now what do I do? Do I put the alcohol back? Uh, I don't know. And then, and then this woman who works at Costco starts waving me over and I think she's waving me over for the self-checkout and I and I take off my headphones and I'm like ah no I can't do that because I got alcohol in the cart she's like no 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 that's fine come with me I'm like wait what <laughs> what, what do you mean 
And I'm like, where are we going? She's like, oh, I have a secret checkout. I'm like, you what now? And so there's a place where you go. Oh, now it sounds like a, like a mist. There's a, ooh, there's a secret place in Costco. Where are you? Yes, there is a secret place in Costco where you go uh, to purchase like, you know, gift cards or like software and where the boxes of software are empty. And so you take the box over there and then they give you the, the real deal. So I go over there and she's like, yeah, I'll just check you out here. And I'm like, looking around like, wait, the what? This is amazing. How do we do this? How do I get this every time? Like, what do I have to do to like make this always happen? And what's also interesting is what criteria did I pass that made her want me to go to secret checkout, right? Because I, was it because I was wearing a mask? I mean, was it because I looked like I spoke English? Uh, yeah, a little, a little racial bias there. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel a little bad that my white privilege uh, probably got me ahead of the line again, but then again, I'm super selfish and I wanted to get the hell out of Costco. So yeah, don't feel that bad. And I wanted it again. Once in a while, I have weird late night thoughts. And um, I, I guess I was probably listening to one of the fast food podcasts, or maybe I was in the fast food podcast group that I'm in. This is the Doughboys podcast. So uh, the Doughboys podcast is very fun. Oh, and I've realized now why I like the Doughboys podcast so much. Um, uh, so Alexis Perplexus and I, one of the times we went to Max FunCon, we actually got to eat lunch with the Doughboys, which was fun. Uh, and they're very nice people. Um, but I think what I love about their podcast and the podcast, the, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, is they are podcasts with stakes, right? Like there is an outcome that you are invested in. And of course, in the case of the Doughboys, there are food steaks as well. No, they're not. They're not going, they're not getting steaks at a fast food place. There's no fast food steaks. But uh, they, they do have consequences, right? Like if it's, a, if it's a chain restaurant that you care a lot about, you want it to get a good review. And you know, if, if it's a, you know, someplace that it's new in your neighborhood, you want to know if it's a place you should go. And, you know, stuff like that. And and Judge John Hodgman is the same thing. It's like, how's he gonna rule? I think it should go this way. Is he gonna do that way? And it's fun, but it's also so light and inconsequential. Okay, so this is the song, Mercy. This is the big hit that Duffy had off of this album. And it's really great. So I'm in the fast food group and I, <laughs> I, it was some discussion of like Chicago pizza or something like that. And I had always told people like, oh, I, you know, I was in Chicago once for a business trip, 
but I had great food and I went here and there and then there. And then I realized I have been to Chicago twice. <laughs> I've been to Chicago twice and completely forgot about one of the trips. And then immediately I was going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, how is this possible, right? Like, and I started looking through all my old photos, which I'm really good at organizing digital assets, right? I'm not very good at paper and I'm messy as hell and all this stuff. But if, if it's a digital file, I've got a system. So I went to the photos. Nope, only one trip, only one trip in the photos. So I'm going through the whole thing. Can't, now I'm going through my Facebook feed and I'm searching Chicago and, and then I find it. I find it that there was another trip. And the other trip was, the first time I went was just, hey, um, you know, you're the, you, you, the, there's a, a reorg with the company. And so let's all just go and then we can, you know, now you're part of this new group, go meet your new group in person. It'll be great. So I do all of that. And the second trip was now that the reorg is like done, let's get everybody together who kind of does this similar job across all the different platforms all the different advertising spectrums. Let's get them all together. So it was a much bigger group that second time. But we eventually sorted it all out. And basically I didn't remember it because we really didn't go anywhere. It was all kind of within the company. They brought in food, like it was all within the, the company. And so it wasn't like the first trip where I was going out to dinner and I was, you know, going to Second City by myself and all these things. Um, but what's crazy is just how I had just been fooling myself for years. Oh no, I've only been to Chicago once. And thank God, some of the other people that were on that trip are still on Facebook and I'm friends with them. So I messaged them and I was like, what do you think? How do you explain this? And and we've sorted it all out, but it's, it's kind of crazy to realize you have forgotten memories. And it kind of rocks your world a little bit because it's like, oh wait, what else did I forget? Like what else happened at that time? Why did I forget it? Was it just, unremarkable that I didn't I chose not to remember it I don't know like the whole thing is real weird we have Miriam and I we have a through marriage we know a guy who is a photographer and he has made a book of nude women and it's it's a book about nude women and then on the on the you know on the so on the left hand page is the picture of the nude woman and then the picture on the right hand page is sort of like their story of struggle and it's like oh, oh okay and I'm like uh and he sends out you know the, this photographer friend of ours he sends out this long Facebook post talking about how great it is that this book of nude women is coming out and 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 you get to read about the women's struggle and and all of this stuff and I'm just like who 
who wants this, right? Like, who thinks this is a good idea? Like, who wants, I just, and then he's, and he goes into this whole thing about how like, oh, and they're wearing masks and masks to sign signify their struggle. And it's just like, I don't know. I think masks is to signify as you shot this book during COVID at its peak. Like you shot this book in 2020 when nothing was going on and we all had to wear masks. I think that's what the meaning of this is. But who, who is the person? Who is the person who's like, just buying a book of nude women. Like, you know, it's not like the old days where Madonna's sex book was all the rage. And, and uh, you know, it's just like, you know, because, oh, it's it's so crazy that she could be black and white and nude and artistic. And, and I'm, you know, and that's what this guy's book is. But it's just like, okay, but if I want to read stories about women in struggle, I can do that. If I want to see naked women, I can go to a half a dozen porn sites and see that. Like, what do you, who, who wants this? Nobody wants this. Uh, and I don't know. I, I can't believe his wife was totally cool with this either, which also seems weird. Although maybe it's worth buying the book if she's in it. I should ask him and be like, hey, uh, your wife, your wife in this book? Cause you know, I'd kind of see what she was on naked. Um, yeah, but that'd be real weird for my wife, uh, my wife, uh, because, uh, yeah, I don't know if she would be super thrilled about me looking at naked pictures of her family member. So I am not going to be buying the Naked Women book, no matter how beautiful their struggle is. The best news that I have this week is... We got solar panels for the house, and it's really damn cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so the way solar works is the solar company that apply the, that puts on the panels on your house has to apply to PG&E to let you sell power back to PG&E. And that's the deal, right? Uh, you cannot just do this on your own and then sell the power back. And for some people, if you're an off the grid type guy and you want to rig your whole house up to a battery, you can do that. I, I would not be comfortable doing that because that sounds really damn scary, um, but you can do it. Uh, but those batteries are really damn expensive. But what's really cool is when you hook up the solar panels to your house, the electric meter tells you how much juice is being drawn from the panels. And then you can, and then it deducts how much is being used. And it's really neat because even in, you know, I went out at seven o'clock this morning. It was overcast. So, you know, so the, the, the sun's not high in the sky. It's still very low and it's cloudy, so it's not even full sun. And those solar panels are generating double what we were currently using in the house. And I even went around and turned shit on because I'm like, I wanna really, I wanna put a load on this system. I wanna see what we can do. And, and we were well generating more than, um, than we were using. And that's amazing because 
What that means is, is even though we are not, we don't have a battery, we can't store the charge, if the power goes out in the middle of the day, we can power all of this stuff and just keep going, right? Which is great because I have had problems where my power has gone out while I'm at work. Well, I'm sorry, while I'm working and I lose internet, you know, I worry about my laptop dying. Uh, and then I've had to go to the library, which library in the middle of the day is full of weirdos. I'll be honest with you. So I'll never have to do that. I mean, unless it's just like pitch black because the world is on fire, I'll still be able to generate enough electricity to keep this place going, which is really exciting. So, from me, from the music of Bright Brown, to the music of Duffy. Good luck to you, Duffy. Let's do this one more time. Till then!